Hello, and welcome to the Bethesda Podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. And for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. But it is a, it's a word that I have felt, and I want to, uh, I want to, I want to unburden myself, share it with you. So if you would stand for the reading of the word, and um, our Bethesda kids, you can be dismissed with your teachers. It's great to have all of you here today. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to take your phone. <clears throat> And I need you to go and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't done so. Um, I need you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I need you to like us and follow us on Facebook. I've I've been commanded to tell you guys that. You guys need to go subscribe. Get your phone. Subscribe right now. Go to YouTube. Subscribe to Bethesda. And we, you can find it easily by Go Bethesda. Go Bethesda on YouTube. Go Bethesda Live, is that what it is, or Go Bethesda? Bethesda Live or Go Bethesda, that's on YouTube. Go, go subscribe to, I know a bunch of you have. Also follow us on Instagram. Uh, please do that. And then I want you to send a link to all your relatives. <laughs> all your friends. Yesterday, we had a men's prayer breakfast. It was our Iron Man breakfast. And man, it was fantastic. We had a great time. And, and listen, it was just donuts and stuff this time. Next time, full-on hot breakfast is going to be awesome. Invite a friend. That's going to be on March 2nd. So I have the bully pulpit. That's my life group. So I invite you. Get your friends. Come on out. That's going to be awesome on March the 2nd. Acts 17 is where we're going today. Acts 17. Starting with verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things, notice this, you are very religious. Oh my Lord, we have a plague of that in these parishes. You are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with the inscription, To the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. Since he gives life to all, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. And has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. So that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him. Though he is not far from each one of us. Verse 27, the King James says that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. The Greek word for grope and feel is selafao, which means to feel 
as if running your hands over the surface of a thing to verify by contact. Today I'd like to preach a message entitled Touching the Transcendent. Touching the Transcendent. Let's say a prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray, God, that you would bless me to uh, uh, speak it, anoint me to speak it, God. Bless this congregation to hear it, anoint them to hear it, God. We give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Transcendent means beyond the range of normal or physical human experience. Surpassing the ordinary, exceptional, extraordinary, supernatural. I want to touch God, y'all. I want to verify by contact that he's there. Amen. And uh, I believe that's what's going to happen. I believe God's going to help us today. I once hired a violinist from the Houston Symphony Orchestra. And she was going to accompany our band as we led worship at a youth camp in Louisiana. Her name was Jane. She was extremely accomplished, okay? She was amazing. And she was an intense prayer warrior. She was something else. She was, uh, she was something else. I met her in Champions, Texas, and I asked her if she would accompany our band in this youth camp. And she said, to my surprise, yes, she would. So she drove up, and, uh, you know, we're doing what we do. I got a bunch of kids on the stage. We got, like, 75 guitars, a couple basses, you know, drums, keys, kids everywhere. It's wild, man. It's, it's contemporary. It's loud, energetic, youthful, hopping. I kind of still like it that way personally. Uh, of course, what we did then is old now. And it's, it's kinda, it kind of cracked me up when I was looking at this. We were doing songs like, Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. And like we were cutting edge, man. And now it's like, you know, the millennials are like, let's sing some of those old songs, you know. And uh, we were doing a take, take, take it all, take, take. I mean, we're, we were rocking some of that United stuff. And we did, uh, what else did we do? Uh, I need you, Jesus, to come to my rescue. I mean, it was just great. Like a lion, I could sing of your love forever. Doing all these old songs and. They were new at the time. Miss Jane had a wireless rig hooked up to her violin. So she has this wireless uh, pickup in there. And uh, she's, this is Louisiana Youth Camp. There's a couple thousand kids in there. The music is so loud. The, uh, the, the monitors back in those days, I did a lot of music up there. And the music, I, I've literally seen a monitor catch on fire in front of me. Literally, like, I'm like, uh, hey, we have a fire, you know. Uh, it was just pumping. Well, she's playing a little tiny violin, Troy, you know, just, you know. And she's got the little wireless. And if you get her, like, too hot in the monitor, she'll feed back. That's, that's that noise you hear sometimes, like, like, you know. I could give you an example, but I won't. And so the challenge is to get little violin, little acoustic violin with a little clip-on wireless pickup uh, through the system without feeding back. And I said, look, Jane, uh, we can't get it loud enough to where you can hear yourself in a monitor. So I'm going to get you an in-ear 
uh, and you see some of these people up here wearing the in-ears, I'm going to get you a wireless in-ear pack. Even way back then we had those. I'm not that old. So we're going to get this wireless in-ear pack for you so you can hear. She's like, no, I don't, I don't need it. I'm like, Jane, I can't, I can't hear myself hardly. You know, like, how can you hear that little violin? And here's what she said to my amazement. She said, I can feel the vibrations from the instrument on my face and in my hands. And I know what notes I'm playing. And I can tell where I am. She can even, in the middle of a song, tune her instrument. While all the stuff is blasting, she would, she would, she's tuning her instrument because she could feel, she was so attuned to her instrument and aligned to that thing, she could, she could tune and she could, she could play and she was something else because she would, she would be playing and then she would walk off the stage, kids are up front praying and She's just praying for them and, and playing her violin, praying and interceding over those kids. And it was beautiful, the music that she made and then watching her minister. She went by her feeling. She had to, she had to judge if she was playing the right notes by feeling them. She couldn't hear. She was groping, feeling after them, verifying them by feeling them. And uh, she, was, she was an artist extraordinaire. In the same sense, church, we cannot see God. We can't see him. The Bible says this. God told Moses, Exodus 33, no man can see me and live. And the Bible said that Moses spoke with God face to face. But that's metaphorical. That's in some way that protected Moses because no man can see God and live. John said in 118 of his gospel, no man has seen God at any time. Now, track with me for a moment. If Jesus was God, and he was, and he is, and John saw him, how could that passage be true? How can no man can see me and live and no man has seen God at any time? And yet John's writing some 50 or 60 years after Jesus' birth with that gospel of John. And, and he's writing about the, you know, the birth, the, the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection. And John saw Jesus. He saw God, right? And he didn't die. I mean, he saw God at those times because he saw Jesus. John said in 1.14, and the word became flesh, and we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father. John saw the glory that manifested in Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. He had to have seen God, you would think. We're going to go a little deep for a minute, but it's important. Track with me. Hang with me. I've got a word for somebody in this room today. John saw the human flesh in which God had robed himself that's what he saw in John 4 24 Jesus said God is spirit John saw the flesh that housed the spirit of God he didn't see the spirit no one has not with natural eyes John didn't the other 11 didn't 
You haven't, neither have I. In 1 Timothy 1, 16 and 17, Paul said God is invisible and dwells in unapproachable light. Are you with me? Isn't this exciting? When the disciples looked at Jesus, they were looking at something special. But the truth is, he didn't look so special. He looked like a man. He looked like a guy. He looked like just another dude. He really looked like Jonathan Rumi from The Chosen. I don't know. He just looked like a guy. He just looked like a guy. He had a beard. He got food in his beard. I, I, I talked to a guy one time that had a dream. The, the dream, I've shared it here a few times, but it was, it was a profound dream. He said, I was with the disciples. And he's, he's a preacher. And he's like, I knew Jesus was God. I knew it theologically. I, I got my theology. And he said, but I'm with the 12. And Jesus looks at us and he says, who do you say that I am? And he said, I wanted to say, you're the son of the living God. You're God in the flesh. He said, but I, I, I couldn't make the words come out of my mouth. Because he looked like just one of the other guys. Just another one of the guys. I knew who he was. But he was so down to earth. That he's like, I, I, I just couldn't make the words come out of my mouth. The essence of God, the spirit of God is transcendent and undetectable by any of our five senses. Dr. William Lane Craig, scholar, director of reasonable faith, overall smart dude, said this. If there were sensible, perceptual evidence of God, then it wouldn't be the God of the Bible. It would be an idol. Some sort of finite being that reflects photons off its physical body so that we can see it. Or that sets up sound waves so that we can hear it. That wouldn't be God. If you could have a direct sensible apprehension of God, this would be a finite limited being unworthy of worship. So the fact that God is not perceptible by the five senses is just part and parcel, he goes on to say, of the greatness of God. He is transcendent. He is a transcendent being who created the physical universe and left traces in that physical universe as to make his existence apparent. That's pretty cool. The great Swiss astronomer Gustav Thoman said, it is as though as physical science explores the universe, we encounter signposts of transcendence. Pointing beyond the physical universe to its ground in a transcendent creator and designer. But I'm here to preach today, you can touch the transcendent. How can I touch the transcendent? We read it, Acts 17. And I love this, man, I love this. You've got to understand who these people are. These people are idolaters. This is on Mars Hill. This is a place that has all of these idols. The whole city is given over to idolatry. That's what Paul said. Paul comes to Athens and he's blown away by the idolatry there. 
There's idols everywhere. There are temples everywhere. We've been there. The ruins are there. They're everywhere. Temple to this one. Temple to that one. Temple. That's Zeus's temple. That's Aphrodite's temple. All these temples, they're everywhere. The ruins, the remains of them. They had all these temples. And Paul walks in. The Bible says that he was grieved in his spirit because of the religion that was in that city. What were people doing? Here's, here's the point. You are a spiritual being. And you have a, as Blaise Pascal said, you have a God-shaped vacuum on the inside of you. You are hungry to fill it up with the transcendent. All of us are. We're all trying to find that connection with God. And Paul comes into that city and these people have all this evidence. They're trying to touch the transcendent and come into contact with God. And some of their religion is perverse. It's crazy what they do. They have temple prostitution. I mean, they, they abuse children. They, it was terrible what they did trying to find that touch of the transcendent. It's no different than today. People are seeking God in all the various different ways through entertainment, through religious activity, just trying to touch the transcendent through drugs and alcohol, relationships, through false religion, just trying to touch what is hard to get a hold of if you don't know where to look. Trying to touch. And, and Paul goes to Mars Hill. And on Mars Hill, when you get up on the top of that hill, there were all these idols. But in the background, over the top of his shoulder was the Acropolis. And there were multiple temples on the top of that Athenian Acropolis. And, and he's like, God doesn't dwell in these things that you see around here. And he's, he's preaching to these messed up, jacked up, uh, sinful People that are hungry for God. Folks, we got to keep in mind, the, the more people are messed up, it's just a testimony that they're hungry for God. They're not bad people per se. They're hungry for God. They want to touch the transcendent. They don't know how to do it. And here's the way God works. I love this. God doesn't send an angel and come down or, or just say, here I am. He sends a man with a message, Paul. He sends a man with a message. He's like, all this, I did notice one, just in case you missed it, you had the, the, the unknown God idol here. So you didn't want to miss him. You wanted to, you wanted to show that you, you had respect. If you missed one, I've come to declare this one to you because this is the true and living God, the creator of all things. And he preaches the gospel message, the message of Jesus to them. And if God would do that for those people, he'll do that for people today. And it could be that he's going to send you to somebody. And you're going to have to, you're going to, have to reach in your pocket. I don't know. This, maybe the Lord is you know, going to use this. And you're going to say, would you be my guest? I know something about touching the transcendent. If you'll just be my guest at church, I promise you, the Spirit of the Lord is going to be in that house, and you can touch the transcendent. Give God some praise for it right now. Hallelujah. And he told them, he said, listen, we can feel after him. And I love this. They're so messed up.
These are some of the most messed up people you can imagine. I don't have to give you the details. I've given you a few. They were messed up. They were immoral. They were murderous. They abused children. It was terrible what they did. And God, Paul said, God is not far from any of us. Any of us. We, we use in modern church language, we say, we're reaching those that are far from God. We want those that are far from God. As if, you know, some of us are, you know, just up the road from God. And then some of us are like right next door to God. You know, like Miss Cynthia, right next door to God, you know. But, you know, other people, they're just up the road. You know, Julie's like just up the road, you know. And, you know, Donovan's far from God. It's just, I'm going to get in trouble. Man, I need to stop that. But far from God. And, and this is telling us right here, Paul's saying, looking at these people, idolaters, they don't know nothing about Jesus. They've been doing terrible things. And he said, you know, he's, he's right next to you. You don't even realize it. He's right there, just beyond the veil, just on the other side. He's right there. And Paul begins to preach Jesus. Here's how it works. He preached the word, the truth, the message of Jesus. They got information they had never heard before. Jesus is real. He died and rose from you. He has a plan for your life. And what happened with that? Faith began to come into their hearts, into their spirits is another way of saying that. That word that they heard in their eardrums in space and time began to drop down into their spirits because the word of God is a spiritual thing. Second Peter says, holy men of old spoke as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. The scripture is inspired by God. God breathes. It's spiritual. Jesus said, John 6, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So that word, they heard it naturally, but it went into their spirit. It was sown into their spirit. And they entered into a spiritual realm and began to have faith in their hearts. And faith in the heart is a powerful thing. Don't underestimate Faith in the heart. The Bible says with the heart man believes unto salvation. He believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made. So you got to understand faith in the heart is a powerful thing. Now, here's the deal. Once faith is there and you get the information, it begins to open up a doorway to the transcendent. And now what you do, it's a humbling thing. It's unfamiliar to you. It's supernatural. It's spiritual. You have to get outside yourself. you got to reach out from the inside, from the heart. Like a sixth sense has been awakened and come alive. And now you have the ability to feel after the true and living God. You have the capacity to feel after him and truly touch the transcendent. I'm telling you something I think you probably already know. I mean, you, you, you sense something in the atmosphere, even in this room, 
right now. And it's the transcendent. You've become aware that just on the other side, just beyond that veil, there he is. He's been there the whole time. The presence of God. The presence of the Lord. It's oh so real. And, and he, he has to be humbly sought after. It's a humbling thing. Paul would say, we see through a glass darkly. It's kind of like you, you walk into a room and, and the room is dark and you can't see. What do you do? You start feeling your way, right? You're, you're groping. I don't want to, because some of you, you know, I know what you've done. I've done it too. You got up and you're like, I know where I am. And you're like, walk right into a wall, you know? You don't want to do that, so you're groping. You're like, you're feeling after. It's a humbling thing. If people can see you on night vision, you know, it's like, look at that idiot, you know. You're just, you're groping, you're seeking after, you're just trying. And that's the way it is. You hear the message, and folks, you can't just be religious anymore. That was yesterday. That's when you had the idols that you could easily see and touch and fashion any old way that you wanted. Now you're in a realm that's outside yourself. And you got to reach and you got to grope and you got to humble. And not my will but thine be done. And what are you saying to my spirit, God? Give God some praise right now. Come on, God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. God can refill you with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you now, it's a humbling thing. It's the transcendent. You can touch the transcendent. He's not far from each of us. Not far from the very worst of us. The most broken among us. He's so close. He was close to Nero back then. He was, he was close to those emperors back then. He was, he was right on the other side of that veil. So close. In our sin, in our pain, in our confusion, in our brokenness, in our backslidings. He's right there. And he's wooing and drawing and saying, come unto me. All ye that are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He's not hidden from you. He's waiting for you. Just on the other side. Got to feel after him. I, and I, I told you this was strange. I can't codify this. I can't adequately explain this. I can't systemize it. But I can tell you this. If you'll feel after him, you'll feel his presence. You will feel him. You've got to humble yourself. You've got to be sincere. Seek him with all your heart. This is not top of the head. It's bottom of the heart stuff. But, I mean, and here's why we should seek after him. Because in his presence, there's fullness of joy, right? Hey, in his presence, there's healing. There's that anointing, man. There's that redemption and that restoration and that renewal and that forgiveness. There's that peace that passes understanding. It's not like all these idols, these material things, this new car and this new house and this new boat and this new lake house and this new camp and this new trip and this new that and that. It's not that. That's all. That's just material stuff. That's stuff of the flesh. That stuff's going to perish and burn away one day. This is the stuff from the eternal realm. Come on, love, joy. We sing about it. Hello, love. Hello, peace. Hello, joy. That's my future. That's my future. 
The presence of the Lord is a place of restoration and renewal. Times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. There's nothing like it. It's not religious. It's not like I go up and I do a little ritual. Cha-cha-cha, you know, and, and, and I just think, you know, God's approved of me because I did cha-cha-cha. This is from the inside. God, here I am. And I've seen it in y'all. I've seen it in y'all. I've seen some of you. You were religious. You walked in this room. You were religious. And you're like, where's my cha-cha-cha? You know, how do I, what do I do? You know, like, it's like I can't totally explain it. Now, I can talk to you about praise and worship. I know the scripture right here said that he doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. But I do know the scripture says that he kind of likes it when we lift our hands to him in praise. I've talked to you about that. You can lift your hands to him in praise. But when I lift my hands to him, I'm, I'm not reaching out and touching him. I can't, I'm not, I, that's just air, you know, right there. That's just air. And, and, but I also know I can lift my voice and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I can sing these songs, man. He likes that. Sing unto the Lord, all ye, you know. Sing unto to, to the, to the uh, Lord, all ye earth. And I can clap. I, I can dance. I can do all these things. He likes that. But, but none of it matters. You remember when Elisha, I, I mean Elijah had the showdown on Mount Carmel. And, and those those. Those priests, man, they were screaming and shouting and cutting themselves and jumping and dancing. And they were doing all this racket, but Obel didn't show up. Asherah didn't show up. Elijah gets up, says a little 30-something word prayer, and bam, the fire fell. It was just, it was just a showdown. They were doing all this kind of calisthenics that sometimes we, we do that's a biblical, a biblical thing. But if it's not from the heart in faith... To the one true and living God. Because you got the information. You found out who he was. You got an insight. You got an inside scoop. You, you, you got inside information. He revealed something to you. And you're like I know who he is. And you begin from the heart. To, he inhabits the praises of his people. That is a place worthy of going. To, to touch the transcendent. And let the t- transcendent touch you. The Bible says that. We don't have a high priest that can't be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, the King James says. He came down to know what it was. I mean, not that he didn't, but to experience it as a human being. And he was touched by the feelings of our weaknesses. He got hungry. He got tired. He knew what it was like to feel what we feel. And he's like, now I felt what you feel Now, I'm going to give you an opportunity to feel my presence out here where there is no time and there is no space. Anything is possible. That's why he would tell his people, anything is possible. If you you believe in me, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you'll ask what you will and it shall be done. Why? Because it's not coming from this material realm. It's coming from another realm, a transcendent realm. Transcendence. This is a deep, deep well. You can't really plumb it, uh, plumb this with your mind. You have to plumb it with your spirit. There are people in this room and outside of this room who are feeling after God. In the Bible, there was Cornelius, an Italian guy, Gentile. He's just feeling after God. He, He got a little bit of information 
And he's like, well, I can run with that. And he gave a lot of alms. Just an alms giver and a worshiper of God. To the best of his ability. He just didn't know. He was feeling after God. And God didn't send an angel to him and, <coughs> and, and give him the message. God didn't appear to him and say, here I am. No. He got word through angels. But he got a word to Paul. And Paul, uh, uh, Peter. And Peter came to see Cornelius. And he said, hey, let me tell you words that you can live by. Let me show you a new way of living. You've been in a, uh, a Roman soldier. You, you've had a, a place of authority. And you, you're quite the stuff, Cornelius. But I'm going to introduce you to transcendence. And, and so here he is preaching the word. And the Bible said in the Holy Ghost just <laughs> fell on those that heard the word. How did that happen? They heard the Jesus message. Faith came to their hearts. And they're already feeling after God. These are hungry people feeling after God. And as, as Peter's preaching Jesus, boom, they stepped into the transcendent realm. Would to God that would happen in this church every time we get together. We had people that just, they were hungry, and they were maybe expressing it in a limited or, or maybe even a wrong way. But as they heard the way of the Lord more perfectly, as they got some insight and some pieces came together, they stepped into a realm, and all of a sudden they interrupted our service with a baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then we had to start baptizing them in, in water. Wouldn't that be great? I think we need to have people getting the Holy Ghost every service and baptize every service. I'm talking about midweek. Sunday morning, Sunday night, every service, every time we get together. I think of <clears throat> not only Cornelius, but I think of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, little guy, little fella, little fella, tax collector. Hello, tax man. Hello, tax man. Hello, pain. <laughs> he's a tax collector and old Zacchaeus man he's just a little fella but, and he's a collaborator with Rome I mean he's just a bad guy he's hated hated he stole lots of money from these people but he's hungry there comes a moment in his life he's like there's got to be more there's got to be more and he climbs up to a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see he's looking for him and he gets he gets a glimpse of him and Jesus says, come on, Zacchaeus, I'm going to go to your house today. And he gets insight and he steps into the transcendent. And there are others throughout the Bible. And there are people in this room, outside of this room, hungry for God. God is going to send people with words to help you put the pieces together to open up that door. Stand with me right now. Our little... Violin player, Jane, she, she played that violin beautifully. She was something. And, and she did it by feeling her way through the set. She aligned herself. She attuned herself. Tuned the instrument by feeling the vibrations, the energy. She couldn't, she couldn't hear, but she could feel it's an imperfect illustration, but it, you get the idea. God can help you. If you're hungry, I promise you, 
That's why a lot of times we pray with our eyes closed. Because I get distracted by looking at stuff, this stuff. I can close my eyes because I can't see them with my natural eyes anyway, right? And so, I mean, I'll close my eyes and I'll try to, uh, I'll try to go inside, you know, and like, God, I, I praise you, Lord. I'm, I try to clear my mind of the worries of the day and the situations that I'm facing. God, I want to focus on you. Help me to enter in. The old timers would say, help me to pray through. Let me get to that other realm. Let me get into the transcendent. Let me touch you, God. Because I know if I can touch you, you're going to touch me. And everything's going to be all right. When you pray through, you come out of that with an assurance. Everything's going to be all right. That's when you come in church one way and you'll leave another way. That's because you touched the transcendent. That's not because you got a positive, encouraging Caleb word from pastor up here. You're good enough. You're smart enough. And doggone it, people like you. You can go do this. God's going to give you a new Cadillac and a new house. You know, in Jesus' name. Abracadabra. Hallelujah. You know, and pass the offering plate. You know, instead of all that, it's from the heart. I feel God leading me to do something crazy. Could be that God's leading you really to do that. The transcendent. The transcendent. It's coming from another source outside of time and space. Are you with me? It's coming from another realm. God's going to take us there. God's going to take some people in this room today to that place. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the strength of God that is in that transcendent realm. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Something about your presence, Lord. God, you, 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 you know how to give me the victory and always cause me to triumph. It comes from that other realm, from that other place. It's not calisthenics and jumping through hoops. It's, it's reaching out from the inside. It's reaching out from the inside, from the, from the inside, touching the transcendent, God. That, that part of me that's going to live forever... Is reaching through the veil and touching that part of you that's always been, always has been, always will be the eternal spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. Would you mind just Thank you for joining us. Right and for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. You can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road, Prairieville, Louisiana. Services are at 10 a.m. Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday.